Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's pretend that I'm going to commit a premeditated murder. The target is my good friend Bob, the reason is profit, the location is his home, and the timescale is in the next four weeks. Do you need to call the police? No. As the murder is hypothetical, the victim is fictional, and none of this will ever exist. But could I kill Bob? Well, yes, of course. We're all very capable of taking another person's life. I could easily end Bob's life in a jiffy, by lacing his pot noodle with lashings of arsenic, bashing his brain in with a common house brick, plunging his annoying face into an icy lake, or by stuffing his lazy sweaty bulk into a mincing machine and hitting turbo, so his bloody chunks spatter up the kitchen wall. Oh joy. It all seems so simple, and physically it is, as we're all animals after all. But the hard part is to not get caught. Across this four-part series, I shall be carefully planning the hypothetical murder of a fictional character called Bob. In three weeks' time, he will be dead. And in four weeks' time, I shall be free and never convicted. My name is Michael. I am a murderer. And this is How to Get Away with Murder. Part 1. Motivation and Realism Murder is a moral quandary. Simply getting over the emotional hurdle and psychological trauma of even contemplating another person's death is harder than the physical act of murder itself. But that is the very first step that any potential killer needs to consider in order to get away with murder. In episode 2 of this four-part series, I shall explore the research phase of a premeditated murder. Part 3 explores the best techniques to limit evidence. In part 4, we shall dip into the clean-up and escape from a crime scene to evade capture. But this first part is about the most important, but least understood aspect of getting away with a premeditated murder. Motivation. Before we begin, 
What does the average murder look like? Well, I can tell you what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like the majority of cases that any true crime fan will have absorbed before. Such as in podcasts, six-part serializations with sensationally lurid names, like Dr. Bastard, Tits, Teeth and Terror, The Hollywood Shitbag's Bloody Hotel of Horror, and The Really, Really Nasty Killing Cult, which are ceaselessly churned out like Wikipedia merged with a sausage maker. Documentaries. Hastily made, shoddily researched crap for idiots with an IQ of a hot spud. All featuring scary music, large graphics, short sound bites, and catchy titles like Girls Who Kill, Kids Who Kill, Babies Who Kill, Mad Bastards, Evil Bastards, Cruel Bastards, Killer Cats, Despotic Dogs, The Harry Kibby Hamster, and The Marmoset Who Brought a Massacre to Milton Keynes. TV dramas and films which are all preceded by the words based on a true story, as well as the all-important caveat that names and details have been changed for dramatization, meaning that most of what you see will be twaddle, they made up as the truth was too dull to broadcast. Books. Usually another waste of paper, claiming to expose who Jack the Ripper is, whether a madman, a copper, a hack, Queen Victoria's butler, Adolf Hitler's grandfather, or Dennis Nielsen in a time machine. Which morons bafflingly believe as fact because I read it in a book, so it must be true. As if every book is fact-checked by a committee of independent experts first. Which it isn't. And crime zines. Garishly coloured, fact-free tabloid trash for weirdos with the mental age of a boiled egg. Whose only focus is gore, blood and killings and can easily be lured from their kilo bag of cheesy dollops by a catch-all phrase in a blood-red font like mad, bad, maniac, or evil. Sadly, there's a big discrepancy between reality and fiction, even if the murder case itself is real. What you see on the telly and hear about in podcasts isn't typical of most murder cases. They're just a very small selection of the most engaging, compelling and sensational cases deliberately chosen to draw you in. Even the cases you hear about in the news are selectively chosen, as the role of the media is to inform, but also to entertain you. They're there to tell you a story, but if the story is dull and mundane, they know they've lost you as a viewer and a listener, which they can't afford to do. In all honesty, most murder cases are barely, if at all, covered by the press. Why? Because they're not interesting. Yes, there's a murder in them, but there's no intrigue, no mystery and no angle. A story about an evil doctor murdering his patients for money will have coverage for months and even years. Whereas a young lad, stabbed to death by a rival gang over a pair of trainers, will be forgotten about in a day. Think about it. When was the last time you saw a drama entirely based around the investigation into why two homeless drug addicts stabbed each other to death over a five-pound bag of skag? Why a drunken yob beat a rival football fan into a coma having knocked over his kebab? Or why a depressed single mother with postnatal depression drowned her baby? When? Never. Why? Because they know that most people wouldn't tune in.
What we are consuming isn't fact, it's entertainment. So what does the average murder look like? According to the Office of National Statistics, during 2019, in England and Wales, as that's where I live, there were 662 homicides in a population of 56.1 million people, which is broken down like this. Motivation. 51% of all homicides resulted from an argument, a loss of temper, or a revenge attack, with the higher proportion, 64%, where the suspect was known to the victim. External factors. 31% of homicide victims were under the influence of alcohol or illicit drugs at the time of the homicide. 42% were known drug users and 24% were drug dealers. Age range. Most likely to be victims were children under the age of one, with the second highest proportion being adults aged 25 to 34 years old at 21%, followed by those aged 16 to 24, with the number of victims steadily declining as the age group got older. That said, the largest reason for homicides amongst the very young and the very old was neglect. Gender ratio of victims over the age of 16. 66% were classified as male, 34% as female. 38% of females were more likely to be killed by a partner or ex-partner. 48% as a result of a domestic homicide, and only 8% were murdered by a friend or an acquaintance. Whereas only 4% of males were killed by an ex-partner or partner, 8% were due to domestic homicide, but 24% of male victims were more likely to be killed by a friend. Most victims were well acquainted with their murderer. For females, it was 87%. For males, it was 78% with stranger attacks being uncommon in both cases. By stranger, this means anyone the victim does not have an established relationship with. And finally, locations. 71% of female victims were likely to be killed in and around the home, compared to 39% of males, with 30% of male homicides occurring in a public place, but only 6% for females. Unlike in TV shows or on podcasts, real murders are rarely premeditated or planned to the extent that the assailant even considers the ramifications of their crime or how they will get away with it. These are crimes of passion. They're primal, they're irrational, and they're fueled by raw, uncontrolled emotion. Emotion is a key part of our personality. It's what makes us who we are. It defines our character. And every moment of every day, we wrestle with a myriad of emotions, as that's how a human copes with the dilemmas, crises and incidents that life throws at us. Every day, our emotions swing from anger, to jealousy, to lust, to rage, to greed, to pride, to hatred, to pain, to joy, to boredom. We cope with issues, we learn from our mistakes, and we move on to the next problem. But for some people, something tips them over the edge from being a normal rational person to being a murderer. So even before we discuss the who, the how and the why of Bob's impending and entirely fictional murder, 
we have to consider the most important detail. Why? Why do I want to murder Bob? It's a detail that most murderers fail to consider fully, as their actions are clouded by emotion. So as the red mist kicks in, their fists clench and their eyes widen. Even before they know what they've done, someone is dead. But let's explore some bizarre but common motivations for murder. In 2011, Robert Lyons murdered his mother as she refused to buy him tickets to an Avril Lavigne concert. In 1994, Dana Sue Gray killed three elderly ladies to support her shopping addiction. Janelle Porter convinced her father and boyfriend to kill a couple that she'd been feuding with and had subsequently been befriended by on Facebook. 16-year-old boastful teen Joshua Davies beat his girlfriend to death with a rock after his friend jokingly said that he would buy him breakfast if he killed her, which he had always claimed that he would do. In Singapore, 19-year-old Tan Tek Soon pushed his girlfriend off a 12-story building after an argument over chopsticks. He then jumped after her and miraculously survived. And 36-year-old Fergus Glenn was so mad with his brother who didn't thank him for making dinner that he used an axe to hack him to death. These may seem extreme, but they're no more extreme than the very ordinary and everyday cases we've already covered in Murder Mile. So if we set aside serial killers for a second, consider this. Episode 16, Richard Rhodes Henley. He killed a man because of his addiction to pornography. Episode 1, The Denmark Place Fire. He killed 37 people, having been overcharged for a drink. Episode 39, George Pickering murdered his favorite sex worker because he couldn't kill himself. Episode 42, David West Jr. murdered his father, not for money, but because he was bullying him. Episode 71, Marianne Moriarty killed her abusive husband to protect herself and her children. And episode 62, The Rosendale Murders. One man was murdered in a nightclub because of a look. We hear about it in the newspapers all the time, that someone was murdered because of a misheard word, an unappreciated look, a perceived slight or unwanted attention. It could occur over something so insignificant, most of us wouldn't even consider it a reason to kill, let alone a reason to argue or tut. Of course, there can always be good reasons to kill, whether fighting for your country, serving in the line of duty, or protecting a loved one, yourself or others from danger. The vast majority of people don't kill for the sake of killing. In truth, most people who become murderers just snap. And let's not forget that mental health problems can also play a big part. So why should I kill Bob? I mean, the reasons are limitless. He's rude, he's smelly, he never says please, he thinks his jokes are funny, he borrows money but never repays, he dashes out of a restaurant the second the bill arrives, 
He clips his toenails whilst watching telly. He flicks his bogeys. He leaves his dirty dishes next to an open dishwasher. He buys himself a cakey treat, but never me. And he cleans out the filth from between his toes with a sock. Ugh! Surely that's motivation enough, right? If I was the judge, yes. But not in this case. As this isn't a crime of passion, this is a premeditated murder for profit, which I intend to get away with. So here's some possible motives for a premeditated murder for profit. Money. Without it, we can't eat, sleep or live. And although most people need only enough to be happy or survive, for some, enough is never enough. Sadly, Bob is broke, so there's no joy there. Property. A bone of contention between next of kin, as it's impossible to split a building between all of the parties. But as Bob is not family, and he rents a grim little bedsit, that's out. Business. For many, work is everything, life is nothing, and any rivalry is worth killing over. Even if your vast business empire only makes those little yellow rubbery ducks for bath time fun. Believe me, it does happen. But as Bob is currently unemployed, his kingdom is not an issue. Relationships. Instead of simply saying bye-bye, or getting a legal paper to state, my ex is a bellend, I never want to see them again. Some people become Henry VIII and use an axe to end it. Sadly, Bob isn't family, he has no next of kin, and just so you know, I didn't kill them. And of course, there's pride. For some deluded souls, honor is worth killing over. But as Bob has no pride, he barely has hygiene, we'll let that one slip, just like the turds he never flushes. These are the top five motivations for a premeditated murder, with a few notable reasons close behind, such as status, territory, legal issues, personal disputes, a rites of passage, and erasing a mistake, to name but a few. But my reason to kill Bob is a lot more personal, as is what I shall gain. Bob's most prized possession, which I want, is a signed portrait of my beloved, if fictional girlfriend, Eva Green, holding a Belgian bun and eating a Battenberg cake. Mm. And although he constantly taunts me with it every day and in my dreams, he rightfully covets it with his life. To you, this may seem like a bit of meaningless tat, hardly worth killing over. But to me, I see nothing else but this. And in every murder, even those which are well planned, the prospective killer's judgment, morals and ethics are clouded by a single-minded need to attain what they cherish the most. And this is mine. So. If a cakey photo of beautiful Eva is my goal, why kill Bob? Why not negotiate with him first? This is the first stumbling block in many situations, including murder, as an acceptable solution could be achieved by talking, listening, asking, understanding, and as galling as it may be, by apologizing. These are very simple steps which all of us could take. But again, our needs and emotions 
get in the way. So for the sake of this fictitious beef with my imaginary chum, over a cakey doodle of a Hollywood goddess, drool drool swoon, let's assume I've tried every option, but Bob has said no. Oh, what a git. Can you feel my anger rising? I'm shaking my fist and cursing the very day that he was born, which was a Tuesday. Right, I have a good reason to kill Bob. But how easy will it be to actually kill him? In truth, it's going to be somewhere between very difficult and almost impossible. Why? Because I'm not a killer. I've seen it depicted in films. I've heard about it on podcasts. I've read about it in books. But I've never ended another person's life. And like almost all of us, I probably never will. My experience is zero. Am I up to it? Probably not. Murder is not easy. The vast majority of us physically could, but never will kill. Because we know it's wrong. It goes against our nature, morals, ethics. And even if we're not religious, we all know it's a sin. Death is part of our lives, especially if you eat meat. Now many of us love a good bacon sandwich. Yummy. But if we were asked to kill the pig ourselves first, most of us would say no. Even for those trained to defend and to kill. When veterans were questioned after World War II, the Korean and Vietnam Wars, many admitted that 30-40% to 40 of their shots were aimed above the enemy's head to scare them or to cause them to retreat. And they only fired directly at the enemy when their life was in danger. It's a very human instinct to not kill. As these aren't faceless enemies, these are real people with friends, families, partners and children. Murders are very personal. It takes a physical and unnatural act on your behalf to initiate it. Whether you're using a body part like a fist, a household object or a predetermined weapon. You may be in a place that both of you know, like a home. If you already know them, their last words may be your name. And you will most likely witness their last moments alive and their death. Could I do that? Probably not. Given that, like most of us, I delicately move spiders out of my home with a glass and a piece of paper, I usher wasps away with a wavy hand, I scowl at anyone who mistreats a pet, and every time I'm walking and hear a crunch under my foot, I always feel a pang of guilt knowing that I've crushed a snail. Do I know the snail? His life, his family, his hopes and his dreams? As after all, it is only a snail. No. So how can I be expected to kill another human. Luckily, Bob isn't real. He's a fictional character created for a hypothetical scenario which results in his bloody and hopefully amusing death. Besides, even if he was alive, I don't think that anyone could logically consider him a human, as Bob doesn't like strawberry angel delight. He prefers butterscotch. Ugh. The physical act of murder isn't the hardest part, and neither is the planning. It's the psychological trauma which comes from it, not just before and during, 
but days, months, and even years after. Killing is next to impossible to do in a calm and rational way. Serial killers are uniquely able to do this as they have a distinct lack of empathy for their victims. Killing isn't an emotional experience for them, it's about a very different type of need or loss. For Dennis Nielsen, it was about rejection. Harold Shipman had a misguided God complex. For Ian Brady, it was about control. For Reg Christie, it was to be desired. For Gordon Cummings, he had a sadistic urge to quell. And for John George Haig, it was always about money. Serial killers are selfish, arrogant and obsessive. They have an ability to be calm and calculating in a way that no one else can. And that is why they often, but not always, get away with murder. So in order to achieve my goal, I will need to become unemotional, calculated, calm and callous. But can I? Can I deal with the emotional and psychological trauma which comes with murder? The second I murder, or attempt to murder Bob, even if I get away with it, and I am rewarded with the thing that I cherish the most, his life, my life, and the lives of everyone we both know will be changed forever. Consider these. The moment. Every detail of Bob's last moments alive will be burned into my memory. His face, his clothes, his final words, his last breath, the way he fell, the sights, the sounds, the smells, and throughout my life, everyday objects will trigger reminders of Bob, who I killed. The guilt. To ensure I evade capture, once Bob is dead, there will be many details about his death which I must keep a secret, including where he is, why he's missing, why he died, how he died, and where he was buried. Details which could bring closure to his loved ones. Reminders. Given that Bob and I were friends, the calendars of everyone we were associated with will be filled with birthdays, anniversaries, and reminders of what was and could have been. And of course, I will need to attend the funeral, the wake, or neither if he's never found. Tainted items. Everything associated with Bob and his murder will be tinged with his death. The location, the time, the date, colours, textures, smells, words, food, music and clothing. Even the sexy artwork of Eva clutching two pieces of cakey heaven will be sullied forever. Suspicion. Even if I'm found not guilty, will friends still call? Will family still visit? And will lovers still want to feel my touch? What about promotions and invitations? Will colleagues seek me out or cross the street to avoid me? And will anyone be able to mention the murder or Bob ever again in my presence? My name. In every medium, my name will be associated, not with the many good things I've done in life, like charity, kindness, and not having kids, but that one moment of weakness. Consider this. When I say O.J. Simpson, do you think of the footballer, the film star, or the murderer? And finally, the date and the time. Unlike shoplifting or fraud, which can vanish from society's memory as quickly as it's printed in the newspaper, murder lingers for years and even decades. Which is why almost everyone can recall where they were 
when JFK was assassinated or on 9-11. To get away with murder, I need to be cold and callous. Which isn't easy as our emotional responses to stress are hardwired into our brains. And even if I could cope, I'm already screwed by the many interactions I've already had with Bob in the days, months and years before my hatred had formed. In almost every premeditated murder, the victim and perpetrator will have a long-established history together, which leaves a detailed trail charting the highs and lows of their connection. For example, texts. Without thinking, both of our devices are full of rude texts, crude gifts, snippy retorts and curt replies that we've unthinkingly whizzed to each other with fewer smiley faces, kisses and lols. Which seems trivial, but even these tiny details show a decline in our relationship. Phone calls. Details on times, dates, places, frequency and length are all stored by the network for up to a year in the UK and much longer on the device or SIM card itself, with voicemail messages kept on the phone for an indeterminate period of time at the owner's discretion. Social media, whether tweets, blogs, vlogs, photos, videos or memes, even if you delete it, it's still recoverable and once it's out there, you have no idea who's copied it or shared it. Cards. All of us have cards for shopping, saving, spending, travel, loyalty, petrol, toll booths, libraries, gift vouchers, phone calls, coffee and entertainment. Everything which is important to our daily routines requires a card. And every card stores information on us and our lives. CCTV. There are an estimated 5 million private and public CCTV cameras in the United Kingdom. So excluding any personal devices which may unwittingly capture your image or voice, the average person is caught on camera between 75 and 300 times every day, whether you know it or not. GPS and data logs. It's everywhere. It's on your phone, car, wrist and ears. Everything designed to track you, to guide you, to call from, to record with and any device with Wi-Fi whether games consoles, music players or televisions. They track where you are and what you've done. Written records. Without documents, we don't exist. And any change to our passport, driving license, utility bills, medical charts, criminal record, electoral roll, tax records, wage slips, personal emails, financial history, legal status or insurance needs. Every detail tells a story and witnesses. Police rely heavily on eyewitness statements. So how can you be sure what others can recall about what you said and did in the months, days and years beforehand? Whether snide jokes, glib comments, spats, fights, or angry phrases like, I'm gonna kill you, which we don't mean, but on paper, it doesn't look good. And what if things have already got heated? There may be legal letters, police reports, secret diaries, lists of abuse, documented sightings, and worst of all, death threats. My trail will be extensive, as will Bob's. I could try and delete it, but it would be futile. It would take a lifetime, 
and everyone, from friends, family, colleagues, acquaintances, future police detectives, and even Bob himself, would ask the question, why? Admit it, I am the worst person to even attempt to try and get away with Bob's murder. I'm neither physically, mentally, or psychologically capable. My motivation is weak. My experience is zero. My planning hasn't begun. I've left a trail charting the decline in our relationship from years before the murder even took place. And even worse than that, I'm a true crime podcaster who has recorded a four-part series called How to Get Away with Murder, in which I explain how I'm going to murder Bob. I am an idiot. And let's not forget, simply by planning and rehearsing Bob's murder, I won't just be breaking one law, there are loads of smaller crimes I will have to commit in order to get that far. Such as surveillance. It's not illegal in the UK to film another person without their consent, unless those images are used for criminal purposes. So sentencing is dependent on the future crime. Lying. If I pervert the course of justice, I could serve up to a year in prison. Theft. Depending on what I steal of Bob's, I could serve up to seven years in prison. Stalking warrants anything from a fine to eight years in prison. Possession of a knife, a fine or up to two and a half years in prison. Possession of an offensive weapon, a maximum of four years in prison. Domestic burglary, a community order or up to six years in prison with a maximum of 14 years. Kidnapping or attempted murder. Anywhere from six months to six years. Common assault. Six months to two years, with GBH resulting in up to five years. Conspiracy to commit murder. Even just planning it could result in between seven to 15 years in prison. Attempted murder. Depending on the severity, 10 years to 30 years in prison. And finally, murder. A minimum life sentence of 15 to 20 years in prison and up to a whole life tariff for the most serious offence. All of which, if I'm caught and convicted, could severely ruin my life, as I would become a criminal. Before I've taken a single step to even plan Bob's murder, way before I've casually flicked through a catalogue of industrial mincers, cherry-picked a strong enough acid to dissolve his flabby butt, or chosen a spot in my love shrine, for that much-coveted portrait of Eva munching on a fistful of cakey goodness. Mm. The chance of me actually getting away with murder is slim. Very slim. Which is why I need to understand my target, his life, and his routines. Find out how in part two. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to part one of How to Get Away with Murder. This continues for the next three weeks, when your regular Murder Mile episodes will return once I've finished doing the research. A big thank you this week to my new Patreon supporters, who are Anne-Marie Montgomery, Penny Richardson, Campbell Welsh and Sarah Cameron. As there's no regular episodes this week, I'll be posting you some very interesting videos which I hope will keep you entertained. Up next is Extra Mile and a very special announcement. 
Murdermar was researched, written and performed by myself, with the main musical themes written and performed by Eric Stein and John Books of Cult With No Name. Thank you for listening, and sleep well. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes! Ooh, let's just open up a door because it's a little bit meaty now. Cool, ladies and gentlemen. How are we all? We all good? A oh, bit of fresh air. Things are all different this week. I'm going to switch off the lights. I'm going to open up some windows. I don't need to move far because I'm in a different position today. Things are all different. I decided to try something different for a change because normally I sit at my, my on my sofa and there's a little writing desk in front of me and I, I spend my time hunched over and recording. And I normally do it like early on a Thursday morning because I, I my voice sounds better if it's a bit cracky. Whereas later in the day, it kind of goes, yeah, it's all croaky and horrible. And bleh. Anyway, so uh, what I decided to do was do something different because I realised I was in a hunched position. I thought, OK, let's try something else. So on to, I'm standing up today to record this, so which is why it may sound different. Standing up, so I've put a table on top of the table that I already do my writing on. So there's a table with a little picnic table on top of that. And then on top of that, on top of some polystyrene is my laptop. And then next to that is my microphone. Uh, so it's weird. It's, but I think it, it felt much better. I think this is where I might do it from now on. So I've got a little protective screen uh, around the mic. And then behind me is a big curtain. So hopefully that dampens out the sound and it doesn't make it so echoey. Because I know it, the, sometimes it can be a bit echoey. Because uh, all round here is is wood and steel, and it echoes a lot. Anyway, so that was that. Hope that was that was uh, in- interesting. It probably wasn't. Everyone's probably nodded off. Haven't got a cup of tea with me because it's mid afternoon. It's a bit meaty outside. I've got a water with me. Um, I was trying not to have a tea or a coffee because I knew that my 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 uh, body would start making noises, and it did. Halfway through that, it started going because it's gone lunchtime. And my, my stomach's making that rumbly noise. Uh, so, anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. 
because I'm away, I'm, I need to be away doing the research. I, I didn't want to leave you with nothing, and I didn't want to leave. I do. I didn't want to give you an episode that was just a bit. You know, you know. Sometimes there can be. You listen to things and you think, oh, they really haven't tried with that. And I'd rather really try and put in the effort. And this one was interesting to write. It's something I wanted to do for a long time, was to write how to get away with murder, because I've researched a lot about murder, so I thought, let's give it a go. Uh, and episode one, of course, was just about the motivation, what you've got to do before you even pick up a knife or even think about the other person. So, But it was it's it's been a nightmare to, to do this one, to write, I think... Because I've been working so hard to get all the episodes out and like working seven days a week. And the Thames Towpath Murderer was a nightmare to write and edit because there was a lot that I was holding back for the end. And there's a, if you listen to it, there's a lot of the editing was kind of interesting because there's a lot of little subtle clues that I've put in there throughout. If you listen very carefully, if you, especially if you put in, in a, uh, earphones that you pop into your ear, there's kind of, you know... The sounds of foxes in the distance and there's special noises for when the killer's going to turn up and it's all very complicated and hopefully none of you noticed it will be subconscious but it's a real killer to do you know editing regular murder miles you know to edit uh, it takes an hour to edit every 20 to 30 seconds of the show of the first bit not extra mile because extra mile shit it's 20 to 30 seconds uh it takes me an hour to do that so uh yeah it's really complicated so uh but i think at, at the end of that i was like great i've done that move on to the next project and i crashed i had like a week of not been able to sleep which means i can't write which means i've struggled so this i've done three times this is my third attempt at this i think this one was okay the first one was dreadful it was two and a half hours long and it was really shit hopefully this is down to about 35 minutes 30 minutes hopefully for the first bit oh anyway so that was good hope you enjoyed that um as mentioned, I haven't got any cakes with me. I can see I've got some nice iced donuts over there, which look great. I've got uh, Tesco's. We're doing some cheapy Kit Kats, so that was great. And uh, some of those mini cheddars as well. Oh, they're good. If you haven't had them, they're, I, I don't know what they're called in other countries, but they're like cheesy little cheesy crackers with a, che a fake cheesy taste to them. They're a little bit addictive. Oh, I quite like those. Oh... Anyway, what else are we doing? Uh, we've got the first Murder Mile Walks coming up. The first one is booked out already. That's sold out. It's, I think there's only 10 people on it, which I'm aiming for. But now is the hard bit. I haven't done a Murder Mile in six six months now. The last one was kind of uh, early early March. That's when it all start, everything started collapsing. So I stopped doing Murder Miles. Uh, and I and because it's two hours of basically uh, a pre-written script that I have to remember, I, I haven't done it in six months. And my brain's like, I don't remember what to say anymore. It's a it's an odd one. So uh, and also what I realized is that over the years, it started out as a really long script. It was like three and a half hours long. And then I started cutting it down and then I got it nice and short. And then it started getting a bit longer. And I realized I was having more fun with it and adding in some jokes and some things and just details that I was having fun with. So I've changed it over the years and I haven't written any of it down. So now I need to try and work out if I can remember what all my bits and pieces are, because it's hard. It's it's. The the, re the 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 new tour I was going to do the kind of the walking tour for people who like the podcast I was going to do that and that was just uh, that's all stuff in my head so I can just I can we can have fun with that and we can I can improvise around it and just draw in all the details which are already in my head and it's unscripted we'll have some fun Murder Mile is scripted and I can't improvise around it I can't fudge it because I do if I get distracted I'm screwed 
so if I know some people have asked about private tours that's why I'm not doing private tours yet I want to make sure the regular walking tours are up and running uh london uh, next week next wednesday uh, may be hit with uh extra restrictions i know that most of the united kingdom is at the moment especially in the north especially in wales parts of scotland so um yeah uh it may motor mile walks may happen it may not happen obviously by the time you get this episode we'll know <laughs> but uh yeah uh we don't know at the moment um Next 10 episodes, I'm researching those, so that will bring us to the end of the year, which will be exciting. Uh, some of them, I, because I did all my research at the archives at the start of the year, so some are already there, some I've got to do some more research on, but they're all very different and they're all interesting. Uh, I think we may be ending with a three or four parter. Uh, not not a mega one like I normally do with like 10 or 10 episodes this is just like a three or four part reel but but it'll be interesting it'll just be focused on the victims as opposed to the usual toss pot that people focus on uh there'll be many cases you've never heard before and there's one that I'm really interested uh, looking forward to doing and this features someone who we have met many times before across all of the episodes right from the right from the start like some of the early episodes he appeared in um and this will be an episode about him and the conclusion to this episode will make you rethink a lot of the cases that we've already covered before so this i'm looking forward to this one this will be uh quite an interesting one um uh, just so you know there's no questions this week there's no quiz because got nothing nothing to ask you really i could have done but i just uh, ugh, i just knackered this uh, it's sunday today's sunday i should have this should have been done last monday I, i'm way behind i've had no sleep oh yeah i just i can't get to sleep at the moment my brain my brain's used to burning out like working hard and burning out and this this writing has been good but it's just because i'm not in murder mile mode my brains i can't sleep properly so i'm all over the shop uh what's right let's do the big announcement this is very exciting so i know some people have asked me about this before and i've always said no because it's a bit of a distance but things have changed so here we go don't worry this is a good announcement Murder Mile UK True Crime Podcast is coming to CrimeCon. <gasps> and CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is coming to London on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of June 2021. So that's next year. It's the ultimate true crime weekend. It's a two-day event and there will be loads of expert criminologists and profilers and detectives and authors and journalists and filmmakers and there will even be some real-life true crime survivors as well. And even more exciting, this is the exciting bit, let's admit it. Same as in the, uh, the American one where they did that, they have Podcast Row. So there will be more than 30 of your favourite podcasters from the UK and from America as well. So I will be there. Uh, uh, also, there's going to be like five stages there. There's going to be about 50 hours of content. There'll be live discussions and presentations. Uh, myself and two of your favourite UK true crime podcasters. That might have given it slightly away. Uh, the three of us are going to be doing a presentation as well, which is going to be very exciting because we're, we're, we're <laughs> I'm looking forward to it because we're both. All three of us are quite sarcastic, so it's gonna, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, but also, it's a chance for you to come along and meet loads of like-minded true crime in 
enthusiasts as well. That's another clue to who who I'm doing the panel discussion with. So <laughs> uh, they haven't announced it, but that kind of gave it away, really. Uh, so uh, come along to that. Oh, it's also sponsored by the Crime and Investigation Channel, so that's really exciting as well. So I'm going to be there, and what I'll do if you want to get a ticket. I've got a special discount code, which is going to save you £10 off the purchase price. Now, I know some of the other podcasts who are, are going to be there as well. They'll be saying the same as well. So I'm going to sweeten the deal for you. My God. With every single ticket purchased using my code, which is MILE, not only would you save 10%, but I'm going to give you a special Prezi as well, which I'll present to you at CrimeCon. So if you fancy tickets to come and see CrimeCon... Which, as a reminder, is in London. Uh, I don't have the exact venue at the moment. It's on Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of June 2021. If you go to uh, www.crimecon.co.uk, there's a link in the show notes. That's crimecon.co.uk, link in the show notes. If you purchase tickets where it says discount code, just type in the word MILE, M-I-L-E. Nice and easy, easier than everyone else's. Just type MILE, lovely. You'll save 10%. And the great thing is, even though everything's a little bit unstable at the moment, um, all tickets are protected by the COVID protection promise. So if you buy tickets and the virus is causing a little bit of a, a, a contretemps and, you know, it's unable to go ahead, you'll get a full refund from the organisers if it's cancelled owing to the virus. So, do you know, it's a win-win situation. You get tickets um, and it's protected as well. Also, if you if you get tickets early, just think about it, because there may be restrictions on the amount of people that they can allow into the venue if we still have restrictions as it is then. So if you get tickets now, fantastic. That that guarantees you to be there. So that's CrimeCon uh, Saturday the 12th and Sunday the 13th of June 2021 in London. Uh, now, you can use that code. You, you Type in mild, you get 10% off. That's very exciting. I sound like one of those guys in those American adverts. Hey, hey, this is wacky days. I need one of those big balloon things that's long and tall that waves in the air and it looks all exciting. I don't know what they're called. I've seen it on the telly. Um, uh, This is more exciting. For every ticket that you buy using my voucher code, which is mile, M-I-L-E, as I mentioned, you, you're going to get an extra benefit from me, which I'll personally give to you at CrimeCon. All you got to do is turn up, show me your ticket. It'll have the, the voucher code on it. Boom, we're in. You get goodies. So for every ticket sold um, uh, using my code, you get an envelope of Murder Mile goodies from me, which will contain uh, uh, official badges, stickers. There's the exclusive uh, Murky Miler badge, uh, fridge magnet. There's all, all stuff that's very exciting. Wow, brilliant. If you buy more three or more tickets using my code, you get those that envelope of Murder Mile goodies, but also you get the very exclusive Murder Mile keyring. There's not many of them out there. I think only 10 of them are kind of in existence at the moment, which is very exciting. Say you decide to get a group of you together and go, you know, true crime fans, you can go, let's ju- let's lump together and buy buy lots of tickets together. You can you can save a lot of money using my pr- promo code if you buy more than five tickets with my code uh, you get the envelope full of goodies the key ring and a murder mile mug not obviously not each of you gets a murder mile mug but it'd be one between the five of you but but that's pretty exciting isn't it a murder mile mug so for 10 tickets you get everything i've just mentioned the envelopes of goodies each the key rings two mugs 
if a group of you buys 15 tickets, my God, using my code, uh, you get the envelopes, the, 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 the key rings, and three mugs, my God. And here's one. This will make it worthwhile. If you get a group of people together and like 20 people together, you will get, you will each get the Murder Mile good, goodies kind of envelope. You'll each get a key ring. You'll get four mugs plus a private Murder Mile walk by me uh, in the weeks after CrimeCon or a date that suits you. It has to be after CrimeCon has happened, but it can't be that weekend because CrimeCon is on. I'll give you a private Murder Mile walk around Soho. We can do the regular walk or we could do the kind of, you know, I show you all the murder locations you've wanted to see that you've heard about on the podcast. So that's very exciting. So that will be for people who get uh, 20 tickets or more using my promo code MILE. Um, as mentioned, I will give you the your your gifts on the day of CrimeCon. When we come and meet, come and say hi. Unfortunately, if, if you need to refund it or the show is cancelled, unfortunately, the, obviously I can't give you the gifts, unfortunately. I know. Sorry about that. Whew, that was exciting, wasn't it? That was very exciting. Whew, right. Um, I'm going to try and edit this episode today. I'm going to. It's a shame because it's a bloody nice day. It's a really nice day, and I'm stuck inside again. Whew, but uh, I'm going to try and edit this down to something nice and 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 easy. I didn't make too many mistakes with that. I think I actually think that standing up really helped. I think better posture uh, meant meant I wasn't going, and then he. <gasps> went into the which I realize I do when I'm hunched over so actually standing up was good except my bloody stomach was rumbling all the way through it and part way through a guy decided to put his uh he decided to do some uh some uh engineering next door which not next door but kind of way down and I could hear which is really annoying uh, and boats going past but it's to be expected um so I'm going to go and edit that. I'm going to eat some cakes. I'm, I'm going to have a tea now, a nice tea. Um, and that's it. Uh, so uh, part two is next week. Uh, hope you enjoy that. Hope you enjoyed this. And uh, hope you're all staying safe as well and, and keep it happy. I think I think that's the key thing at the moment is that uh, even though everything's uh, unpredictable at the moment, we don't know where things are going to be. We don't know what our governments are doing, blah, 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 blah. Um, Stay happy. Think to yourself, do you know what? I can't really control much of this, so I'm just going to enjoy the little aspects of my life that do make me happy. And if that's, you know, sitting in your garden, listening to a pod podcast, cracking open a beer and a wine and just saying, ah, balls to all the jobs I'm meant to do today, I'm just going to sit on my ass and just enjoy myself. Maybe while stroking a cat or a dog. Ah, oh, doesn't that sound heavenly? Doesn't that sound brilliant? Oh. God, I need a dog. Right, that's the end of the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to go away and edit it. Have yourself a good day. Be good and stay safe. Lots of love. Bye-bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.